Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Hey, hope you're having a great holiday season. Merry Christmas, and you're going to have an amazing new year. I know it. We got a lot going on in this new year. Presidential election cycle, a caucus in just a few weeks. The election season has started, and I'm so honored you've made this show your home. We've got some best of shows to keep you entertained during this holiday season. If you miss this stuff, you're going to see it here. This is some of the best segments, obviously called best ofs that we've done during the year. And we're basing on your feedback. We appreciate it so much. We will be back with you live at rumble.com slash Bongino on January 3rd. But for now, I hope you enjoy these shows. Check them out. There's people who purport to be in one lane and then another lane. Okay. That doesn't mean they're not on the same baseball team. You have starting pitchers on a baseball team, and you have relief pitchers. They're on the same team. They have the same goals to win games, correct? To win games honestly and ethically, right? You don't like cheaters. But they have different roles. So you have opinion people in this space who rely on reporting and hopefully get the facts right, but it's largely dependent on who's going to come on and what they're saying and when they're saying it, if you have guest segments, whatever it may be. But then you have journalists. Journalists' job, if if they say they're doing their job like they're supposed to do it, is not to be opinion hosts. It's to give you the facts and allow you to formulate an opinion, okay? That was a total, that all melted down yesterday. That all melted down completely. It was incredible to watch what I saw yesterday. So you may have heard the breaking news that uh, Fox uh, Corp settled their lawsuit with Dominion. Uh, Dominion sued him for some alleged misstatements on the air, insinuating that Fox put them on the air maliciously. Fox fought back uh, and said these were these were newsworthy claims. We were reporting the news. There's there's simply no way in a live show with guests to fact check every single thing that goes on. Joe, you've been in the media business, you know, 30 yeah. years. You have people come on your show, politicians who say all kinds of things. It will, I understand what they were what they were claiming. Right. So this turned out to be a bizarre case. They settled. I'll leave it up to you to for you to decide if you think that was the right decision or the wrong decision. Um, they obviously don't consult me for that stuff. I have nothing to do with this at all. Uh, but what was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen, I think ever seen, and, and it's related to this specific thing, media lawsuits. The most bizarre thing I've ever seen, one of the lawyers for Dominion, after the settlement, comes out and gives a little mini presser and actually thanks the people in the left-wing media for helping them out in their case against the media. The most bizarre thing I've seen in a media lawsuit, I think, ever. Here, take a look yourself. One last thank you, which is really to all of you for being with us on this journey. We appreciate what you've done to help us and to help expose what we were able to discover over the course of this process. And so thank you, and we'll see you at the next one. That folks, it, I've never seen anything like that. That the the lawyer for in a lawsuit against the media's ability to cover stories in live time, thanking the media for attacking another media organization. I've never seen anything like it. Listen, I'm going to tell you, yesterday's uh, settlement and this lawsuit in general poses a really grave threat to media everywhere. It doesn't matter what your ideological tilt is. I mean, we all get CNN and MSNBC have a left uh, have left have a left wing bent. That's not breaking news. Everybody knows that it's the worst kept secret in the media business. Obviously, you could probably make a good case. Fox has a conservative bent as well. Some conservatives might challenge that too. The point is, people have different opinions on it. And I know working there, no one tells me what to say. Show's called unfiltered for a reason. We air segments. I've never had any issues at all. I can only tell you the truth. But I'm curious here as to what the standard is. And Joe, you you know, you, you feel free to put your input in. You've been, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. I'm just, I'm, I mean this, folks. I'm not trying to be silly or coy. And I know, I know I always tell you pose a question, not an assertion. A question is better. I'm honestly posing a question, not to elicit a response uh, in, in a way to be silly, but because I'm genuinely curious myself. What's the standard now? So if Hillary Clinton were to be a guest on the Dan Bongino show, probably would never happen. But who knows? One day she might come on and say, I want to I want to come on your show. I don't know. We're the second biggest conservative podcast. Maybe she wants to give it. We'd give her a fair shot. If she comes on the air on my show, right, because now this is a live stream. It's 11.06 and 40 seconds. 
If she comes on the show and insists that there's a pee-pee tape of Donald Trump uh, in Russia and it was used as blackmail material to collude to steal an election, a claim obviously ridiculous and absurd, refuted by a federal investigation by a guy who doesn't even like Trump and Bob Mueller, can we be sued? And is that a is that a legitimate case? Listen, I'm not a lawyer. I'm 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 asking because I'm really curious what the standard is now. Well, you may say, well, the standard is you can't air false claims. Well, what if we're not making them? I mean, like I said, Joe, you've been at WCBM forever. People call in on the phone line. Hey, is this Joe? Okay, I'm the guest in your next yeah. segment. People say stuff all the time. So is the suggestion that you're supposed to? Stop the show. Say, hold on. Let me check that claim. You said Maryland had 7% growth last year in income tax revenue. Stand by. Uh, hold on. I'm not. No. Folks, this may sound like me being a me being an no. ass. I'm not. I am really curious as to what the standard is. What's the standard? I mean, that the best I think you can do is to invite the opposition party on at a later date, which we do on in my Fox show all the time. They never want to come on. Democrats, we have a segment called the rebuttal. Why don't we do it more often, debating Democrats? You want to know the hard truth? Because they never want to come on. Folks, I, I, I've never seen anything like this. I, I'm really confused moving forward what the standard is for the media. And the media, by the way, includes opinion hosts. Here, I mean, I'm going to prove it to you. That Kanakoa put this. Uh, it's 21 minutes long. <laughs> Joe had a little brain meltdown. He's like, <laughs> "What do you mean? It's 22 seconds?" I'm like, "Dude, am I? I you got me." I'm like, "Am I reading this wrong?" And I sent you another word because nobody else saw what you saw. I'm like, "What is he talking about?" I'm like, "Joe, cut this in about a minute 38." <laughs> this goes on for what 21 minutes, Joe? It's a long video. If you want to see, you can go to Kanakoa. He does some does some good work over there, right? Uh, but this is a compilation of left-wing Democrat lawmakers. It's only about a minute and 38 seconds. This goes on for 21 minutes. Uh, college professors, Democrats, liberal media hosts, suggesting that voting machines are somehow can are corrupted or can be corrupted and that inter and elections can be interfered in. These are all Democrats. So I'm curious with this new standard the Democrats are trying to lay down. I'm genuinely curious, are all of these people, should they be banned from the show? My guess is yes, based on this new standard, because these are clearly, many of these, clearly are likely false claims. Here, keep it, this is Democrats doing the same thing Fox was sued over. Take a listen. Touchscreen computer voting because it's so vulnerable. Right. We need to look at all the voting machines. Every secretary of state needs to be, you know, assisted in making sure that they are not being uh, hacked and, and attacked. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Her research has repeatedly de demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines. Right. Which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. Forty three percent of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. Again, folks, these are Democrats asking some of the very same questions about voting, voting processes, voting integrity, election integrity. 
I, I, you can watch the whole video. It's 21 minutes plus. This goes on and on and on. It would take up a third of the show. Are they, are they not allowed on the air? These are fundamentally serious questions in a, in a constitutional republic. Are they not allowed on the air anymore? Are they not allowed on the air anymore? Because you can't have it both ways. And Joe, tell me if I'm wrong. Either what they're saying and questioning about machines are legitimate lines of inquiry, which they are voting processes, right? Or they're not. They're fairy tales totally made up in lies. And then those people shouldn't be on the air. Right? Am I? Is there an option C? Yeah, am I, right. Am yeah, I, and we I, could get in trouble because we just oh, had them on. Oh, we, 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 you're darn right. Are we going to get sued? We right. just played Mark Water, Hillary Clinton, and was it Zoe Lofgren and Marcia Kaptur and Amy Klobuchar? Yeah, dude. Are we, we going to get yeah, sued? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm willing to stand up for our ability and the left wing media's ability to speak freely on the air. And if that's part of the process, then that's part of the process. But it's clearly a newsworthy item, not an effort to defame anyone, to broadcast lawmakers with massive power in the Senate and the Congress suggesting we have problems with voting. That's clearly a newsworthy item on a news program. I'm unsure what the standard is. I ask you not to forget either. That it's CNN and MSNBC taking an insane victory lap yesterday that their ability in the media to report on news items has now been severely compromised by them going on the record suggesting that every single thing uttered by a person on TV must be live time fact checked or something. I don't think they understand the damage they did to their own networks because they're the ones that lied to the public about the PP tape about collusion, about the laptop, about government spying. I asked CNN to explain this now. Is there going to be a lawsuit on this? Is the statute of limitations up? Here's an article from back in 2017. That date's wrong. This is 2017. British intelligence passed Trump Associates' communications with Russians onto U.S. counterparts. Folks, please. Look up this article yourself. Don't take my word for it. You think I'm making up the URL? AI created it? Wait, go back. Go back to that article. I'm not making this up. This is still on CNN's website. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians onto U.S. counterparts, i.e. they were spying on Trump. The article is up there still on CNN. What? That's ri That's ridiculous. Dude. We have cited this article how many times? It's a Maybe hundred. It's, it's on my. It's in my. It's in my footnotes on my book. The CNN reported they were spying on Trump. Yet, April twenty seventeen. Yeah, I figured that. Here, you just you, you put the the, uh, the today's article right up. So here's CNN uh, recently fact checking the exact same claim that Obama and Biden spy on the Trump campaign. They wrote about it. Here's their conclusion, Joe. This is comprehensively wrong. You got, you, Gene, chime in here, please. Am I crazy? You guys reported it, not me. You guys reported it. I, hey, he's, you know, Joe, he's like, please stop trying. Please, he's like, you're giving me a headache. It's early. I got a long day today. He's like, you really hurt my feelings here. This is just really stupid. I, is it, can CNN now be sued? CNN is concluding their own reporting is, quote, comprehensively wrong. It's right there. It's, it's right there, man. Just read it. Where's the lawsuit? The answer is there shouldn't be a lawsuit. CNN's first story was accurate. CNN's second story was not accurate, but you know what they're going to say? And they've got a darn good case. They're going to say, well, in our opinion, that didn't constitute spying. It was unauthorized surveillance. All right, it's an opinion. It's an opinion. You're not going to win that case. The point I'm trying to tell you is they're contradicting their own reporting. This is, I, I've, <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. Okay, I'm defending CNN. This has been so bananas. Weird. This is freaking <laughs> crazy. It gets even worse. Believe it or not, here's Allison Camerata. I don't know what her issue is. Since she left Fox, she seems extremely bitter at Fox. Don't know the circumstances. 
did some hits with Allison Camerata, did not work there when she worked there. We only crossed paths when I was a guest on the network. Uh, I didn't find her to be candid, particularly savvy about media stories. Tried to explain to her an ETF story one time. She got completely lost on the air. But here she is. She's very upset about this whole thing. I'm just curious. She works at CNN. Was she upset about them lying about the Spygate scandal too? The PP scandal? The Russia laptop Hunter scandal? She didn't seem to even say anything about that. Here, take a listen. Are you surprised about what the Fo what Fox did? I haven't been surprised by any of this, nor am I surprised by the settlement. I predicted there would be a settlement all along because Fox doesn't want to air its dirty laundry in a court case. And, and forgive me, I don't share quite Ellie's, um, I guess, uh, being impressed at the outcome. This is half of what Dominion asked for, let's remember. And yes, obviously, it's a big windfall for Dominion. It's chump change for Fox. They make more than a billion dollars a year, their news division. And so this is I think this is a victory for Fox. They don't have to put their big stars on the stand and they didn't even have to issue a public apology. When you guys say that they admitted that they lied, no, they didn't. They're saying uh, that we we acknowledge the court's findings that certain claims about Dominion appear uh, uh, about Dominion to be false. That doesn't say we lied. That says they're false. And they say certain claims. They're not even saying they made those claims. They're not even saying which hosts of theirs made their claims. I think that this is the best outcome that Fox could ever have hoped for once they got themselves into this mess. OK, this is just now that's just being silly. It, it, nobody won in this. You think it's what was it said? Seven hundred eighty seven million. Oh, yeah, that's a huge win. What is even what is she even talking about? The irony is this is one of those scenarios where there are, everybody loses. Everybody loses. Everyone loses. I don't even think Dominion understands how deeply everyone's lost here. You know how hesitant people are going to be in the future to report on, if, let's say, you know, with AI, let's say in the future, there's a real hack of, of, of a genuine widespread countrywide hack of election systems. Let's say AI does it, right? Maybe far off in the future, but say it happens. You think people are going to want to report on that in the future? Imagine it's absolutely authentic. It happens. You, you know something happened. Vote totals, paper ballots don't match up. There's a massive AI hack, whatever it is. No one's going to report on that. Except left-wing networks if it benefits them because they're safe. I'm going to show you another clip coming up from Oliver Darcy, the biggest phony at CNN, a guy who used to uh, be a, used to be an affiliate of CampusReform.org and ran a website like exposing leftists or something. The guy, if you, anyone who knew him at the Blaze, said he was a total grifter. He was really cringy and very weird around people, and they got rid of him or he left. Whatever it was, he may have resigned. I'm not sure, but then he figured he was going to go over to CNN. And grift off them. This guy used to pretend to be a conservative. He's on the air yesterday. This guy at the PP network taking a victory lap. Again, totally clueless as to this new media ecosystem they brought in today. Where no one's going to want to air anything anyone says. If there's even a remote possibility that it could be questioned. You're going to put Democrats on the air after that? You're nuts. So I want you to watch this video. This is Oliver Darcy having another one of his on-air meltdowns. He's so upset there was a settlement in this case. Um, but if you listen to this, I cut this. I had joking. I shouldn't say I cut a joke, but I asked Joe to cut it at a very specific point. I want you to pretend for a second that this is an Oliver Darcy CNN goofball, that this is an actual legitimate journalist on CNN. And I want you to listen to this and pretend for a moment he's talking about CNN. And their coverage of the PP tape. The clip 100% works. <laughs> Listen to yourself. We're not going to see this public trial where people like Murdoch would have had to answer to this jury why they allowed these 
uh, deranged conspiracy theories to take hold on the network's air, despite, as we know, as a result of this trial, as a result of the discovery, that they knew these lies were not true, that they were unhinged from reality. Um, we're not going to see that process take place in court, Jake. I know that there were a lot of people that wanted this process to take place in court because outside the, uh, you know, the media defamation case, uh, this was also a really, to some extent, a trial built about, uh, made about democracy and, and democracy at large and elections. He, he deranged conspiracy theories. He could easily be talking about his own network and the PP hoax. Easily. It's just, you understand they'll get no negative feedback whatsoever. You got this big brawl breaking out right now on the right between DeSantis and Trump guys. Who's the most conservative? Who's not? You could set up a UFC match tomorrow. Listen, our people, you know, the pro-lifers, they don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. You're not with them on their issues. You're out. Not the left, man. You almost have to admire, in a tragic way, their Borg-like manner where they're immune to shame. They're totally immune to shame. Here's Oliver Darcy. I've only put this up, I don't know, 10, 15 times. About Oliver. This is when he was at Campus Reform, which is a conservative organization. He used to run a website called ExposingLeftist.com. A website driven, uh, a video-driven website dedicated to exposing the inherent failures found at the core of liberal philosophies? This is the same guy. This is the same guy. I'd always, I'd, I, already, I can already tell you what he's going to say. I had an awakening or whatever. Sure you did, buddy. Called a paycheck. I don't know, awakens a lot of people who don't have any principles. I'm sure you did. You had some grand awakening. The same guy. Here's what got Joe and I before the show. Listen, call me crazy, but I... I I still maintain a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope. I have to because, you know, and the world can be very dark sometimes. I maintain a little bit of hope that there are some guys at least trying to do news. And, you know, Tapper, I really thought better of the guy than this. And my, my expectations aren't high for CNN people, I got to tell you, but I really thought. But here's Tapper, who, again, purports to be a journalist, not an opinion guy. You're an opinion guy, folks. Let, we have a lot of fun here. Laugh away. I'm not even suggesting laughing's a bad thing. But laughing at a media story you're supposed to be covering as a journalist, not an opinion guy? I, I don't get this at all. This is what Joe was talking about before the show. They, I mean, for your position, absolutely unprofessional. Can you imagine on Fox, like Brett Baer doing this, laughing at us? No. <laughs> I, I, you may, whether you like Brett or not. I'm I telling you, Brett's that. as serious as a heart attack. Yep. I, I, here, here's Tapper. He thinks this story's hilarious. Saying this, by the way, on the PP Tape Network. Check this out. Fox trying to put a positive face on what can only be interpreted as one of the ugliest and most embarrassing moments in the history of journalism. Fox uh, issued a statement saying, quote, we are pleased to have reached a settlement of our dispute. Dispute. With Dominion voting systems, we acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. The settlement reflects, I'm sorry, this is going to be difficult to say with a straight face. This settlement reflects Fox's continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. We are hopeful that our, dis sorry. What a lightweight, man. Man, to totally, completely unprofessional. I, I Really, in that space. Just embarrassing. I mean, listen, if, if you're pitching your, your gig or your act or your shtick to a bunch of left-wing radicals, it's perfect. I mean, uh, good for you, man. Good, good, good act you put on. But see, the whole idea is like you're, you're pretending to be a journalist. That's not what a journalist does. He doesn't levy an opinion through humor based on the case. Oh, this case is hilarious. Is it? Is it, Jake? I'm curious. Because I'm wondering what would happen if you were sued for allowing footage about people who purported to, that the Russian, Russian collusion hoax were real, was real. I wonder what would happen to you if you got, if you think that was funny. I, I bet your answer would be, what was I supposed to do? Fact check them live on the air. I don't have the capability to do that. I have the guy on the show. They had a serious allegation, which is ironic that some of the same things some of the Fox people said you thought was really funny. Jake seems to forget this story too. National Review, CNN settles lawsuit brought by Covington Catholic student Nicholas Sandman. He sued for, what, a couple hundred million? CNN only had to do some basic homework on that. 
They aired the, the allegation. They lost that one. Kind of ironic, really. I mean, these are media people. Folks, just, uh, I mean, a tough day for everyone. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave the segment here with this. I am genuinely curious moving forward what the standard is now for reporting on what politicians and prominent public figures say. I understand the legal ramifications, defamation with actual malice for public figures. I've been uh, defamed. I had a lawsuit based on it where a media outlet uh, implied that I was fired from a job I absolutely was not fired from, and they knew it. That case didn't work out because the judge ultimately ruled in the case, which I thought was odd, that, Joe, you remember this, that it's not defamatory to suggest someone was fired, even if they weren't. And even my lawyer was scratching his head like, huh? <laughs> they knew it. Remember. They knew I wasn't. But they, they sent me a text. They told me, hey, I heard you left. Yes, I left, meaning I wasn't fired. I left. I chose to leave. Now I'm really confused again. Even in losing that case, I thought I understood it. All right, judge didn't agree with the guy. Thought it was a silly decision, but respect it. Got to move on. He didn't think it was actual malice. I don't know what it is anymore. Are we allowed? To, are we not allowed to have Hillary Clinton on? Hillary Clinton, every time she goes on, insists the election was stolen by a bunch of Russian bots in Russia. A ridiculous, outlandish, fabricated fairy tale claim. Is every network opening themselves up to being sued? You know what, folks? I'm not a lawyer, but I have a number of really solid, strong legal friends who've suggested to me you might. So I'd warn everyone out there, you better keep Hillary Clinton and Adam Schiff off the air. Remember Adam Schiff looking right into the camera on Tucker's show? You guys remember this? I tell Tucker says, tell the audience you have evidence of Russian collusion. I have evidence of Russian collusion. Whatever he said, looked right in the camera and said it. It's Adam Schiff open to be sued right now? I no idea. I wouldn't have him on your network. You're taking a big chance. Okay, folks, explosive new Twitter files drop. You may have missed this. This is the one story of the last three or four days that sadly has gotten buried in just the deluge of information that's come out. You had the RNC chair thing. You had Memphis. Uh, you had the Paul Pelosi video come out. I mean, this was just the, the last couple of weeks was just a cornucopia of information that candidly was hard. It was like drinking from a fire hose. It's hard to kind of segregate it out and triage it into important, kind of important. The Twitter file story that dropped, I'd argue to you, is probably the most important one yet. The Twitter files, of course, are a series of, uh, of reports by people like Matt Taibbi um, and others who've been given access to Twitter after Elon Musk took over, exposing the massive left-wing misinformation machine that was Twitter, how it was used by the swamp to destroy conservatives and Donald Trump. You probably missed this because of all the other stuff. If you didn't, you were in for a, a real eye-opener. I'm going to tie it all together. First, I want you to meet someone involved in this later Twitter, this, uh, this last Twitter files drop. This person is just the, I mean, you want to talk about a face of the deep state, NGO, lobbyist, FBI, CIA, Intel community, Government, liberal, George Soros, media money machine swamp. The cabal, deep state, sloppy state. I don't give a what you call it. You want to see the face of it? A guy who's just epidemic of how it works? It's this guy. This was in the first tweet of the Twitter files dropped by Matt Taibbi. It's a video of a former FBI agent and government goon, swamp rat loser, life loser, a guy by the name of Clint Watts. Take a look. You and your team, you guys created a website. Hamilton 68. Yes, yeah, so my colleagues and I, we tracked Russian accounts. That's some bullshit. So they're literally right now, they're Russian bots, according to your website, that are putting this out into the world. Is that right. correct? That's bullshit. So there's Clint Watts. Former swamp rat, disgusting human being, uh, deep state operator who abuses his position as a former FBI agent to go out there and propagate a bunch of Soviet style agitprop themes like, hey, you're a Russian bot. Now, who's a Russian bot, Joe? According to Clint Watts, anyone he politically disagrees with because he's likely a diehard, died in the wall liberal communist. There you go. So there's Clint Watts. He's a member of a group called Hamilton 68. 
Hamilton 68, uh, by the way, associated with a group hilariously titled the Alliance for Securing Democracy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, that's really funny. That's because, right? Now, who's part of the Alliance for Securing Democracy? Otherwise known as the Alliance for Effing Over Democracy. Uh, John Podesta. Yeah, John, you're like Hillary Clinton, crony, flack, liar, John Podesta. Yes, yes, he's part of that group, too. Uh, the CIA's Mike Morell. It sounds like what I just talked about before. NGOs, lobbyists, FBI, CIA, government, libs, Soros, the media, the cabal, the deep state cabal. Bill Crystal, anti-Trump lunatic, Nosferatu of the left who claims he was a conservative <laughs> at some point. Yeah, Bill Crystal. They're all part of this group. Uh, it looks like Michael Chertoff, who was, again had, uh, was aligned with the Republican administration, showing you that the swamp is a bipartisan endeavor. So this group, Hamilton 68, led by this guy, Clint Watts, is all over the media telling people, oh, my gosh, the Russian bots are everywhere, colluding with the Trumpies and the MAGA people. Twitter, you got to stop it. Ah! Here's Clint Watts' Twitter avatar. You can look at this loser in, all right here. Uh, here he is. Nice little picture in the background. He's like, hey, look at me. I got an off-center picture showing you a little of the scenery in the background. That's Clint Watts. You'll notice he's an MSNBC contributor. He's <laughs> <laughs> MSNBC. It's a media outlet, folks. MSNBC. So they've got this guy in there who's been totally and completely exposed now by this last Twitter false drop. If you missed this, you missed a bombshell story on Friday. He's been totally exposed, him and his group. As I don't know any other way to say it, just basically fabricating a narrative that anyone in the MAGA group or the Republican Party, or even the Democrat Party they disagree with, is a Russian bot. They've been completely exposed, and the guy still works. For MSNBC and Microsoft, by the way, they look at this guy. That's on his avatar, his little bio. He takes good pictures of offset, offset a little so you can see the background. I want you to watch Clint Watts again. Here's our buddy Clint up at a gullible Senate hearing here where the Republican Senator is taking this all in. Actually, it looks like he accepts some of this he's talking about. And I want you to watch what Clint Watts does. Here's what they do. The left. And by the left, I mean communists uh, like this guy. What they do is they'll make spurious connections based on the thinnest of evidence. The thinnest of evidence would be discredited immediately if people like Republican senators and media people would just ask basic questions. What they do is they do innuendo. So I know Joe lives in a specific part of Maryland. So if a bank is robbed in Maryland, what I can say is, listen, I can't say Joe did it, but all I can say is Joe was in the area when the bank was robbed. Now, a normal media person, a Republican senator with half a brain would say, uh, you live in Maryland? Um, it, would, it would use the old usual suspects line by Kevin Pollack. We could put you in Queens on the night of the robbery. Really? I live in Queens. You figure that out yourself? Well, you got a team of monkeys working around the block. <laughs> but because you understand we have, that's a really good watch a movie. Because we don't have a functioning media. And we have suckers who were afraid to, you know, take on the narrative du jour or the current thing, right? This is what happens. Here's Clint Watts using innuendo up at the Senate to make it seem like Trump is working with Russia and a group of Russian bots. Take a listen. I think this answer is very simple and is what no one is really saying in this room, which is part of the reason active measures have worked in this U.S. election is because the commander in chief has used Russian active measures at time against his opponents. On 14 August 2016, his campaign chairman, after a debunked insurrection... When you say his, who's, who's his? Paul Manafort okay. uh, cited the fake insurrection story as a terrorist attack on CNN, and he used it as a talking point. Uh, on 11 October, uh, President Trump stood on a stage and cited a, what appears to be a fake news story from Sputnik News that disappeared from the Internet. Uh, he denies the intel from the United States about Russia. Uh, he claimed that the election could be rigged. That was the number one theme pushed by RT, Sputnik News, white outlets all the way up until the election. Uh, he's cl made claims of voter fraud, that President Obama is not a citizen, that, you know, uh, Congressman Cruz is not a citizen. So part of the reason active measures works and it does today in terms of Trump Tower being wiretapped is because they parrot the same lines. So. Putin is correct. He he can say that he's not influencing anything because he's just putting out his stance. But until we get a firm basis on fact and fiction in our own 
in our own country, uh, get some agreement about the facts, whether it be do I support the intelligence community or a story I read on my Twitter feed, we're going to have a big problem. I can tell you right now today, gray outlets that are Soviet pushing accounts tweet at President Trump during high volumes when they know he's online and they push conspiracy theories. So if he is to click on one of those or cite one of those, it just proves Putin correct that we can use this as a lever against the Americans. So this started. So notice how he's he's talking to Langford and Langford's like falling for this, which is amazing. Um, and basically what he's saying is because a Russia aligned media outlet said something that immediately Trump must be working with Putin to steal an election because he may have said something that may have been parroted by someone on Twitter. So they're definitely Russian bots. But he makes the connection with Trump and the Manafort team, who was his campaign manager. And then he says something really interesting at the end. Keep in mind, this guy's now been totally discredited. We'll go through that in a second. Even Twitter knew it was wrong. Keep in mind here, he says at the end, and by the way, don't trust any of these bots on Twitter. You need to trust the intel community. Despite the intel community being the single biggest source of misinformation about Trump. Don't go anywhere. The Twitter people knew this guy was full of crap. And they amplified this moron anyway. I want you to keep in mind, this guy's using nothing but innuendo. Suggesting that because a Russian somewhere on planet Earth had a shot of Russian vodka... And Trump mentioned once years ago that he knew a guy that had Russian vodka, that Trump must have, must have stolen an election with Vladimir Putin. And because we have media people who don't ask any questions at all, this virus was allowed to persist. This misinformation machine was allowed to go. Well, how do we know it was misinformation? Because this goon Clint Watts working with MSNBC goons and elsewhere and media people and Chertoff and, and Morell and Crystal and all these other folks, what they did is they said, well, Twitter is promoting these Russian bot accounts that are amplifying misinformation in the United States. Well, for that story to be true, Joe, the Twitter accounts had to be actual Russian bots, yeah. which is kind of weird because the new Twitter files dropped by Matt Taibbi. He has the emails from Twitter. Here's Yoel Roth, big time Twitter executive and a, by the way, a diehard leftist. Here's Yoel Roth. Saying, yes, exactly. It's so weird and self-selecting that they're so unwilling to be transparent and defend their selection. What is he talking about? He's talking about Hamilton 68 saying, hey, look at these accounts. They're Russian bots associated with that MAGA crowd amplifying Russian misinformation. So he says it's weird that they're not even willing to defend this. He says, I think we need to just call this out on the bull that it is. Twitter's looking at the accounts that are supposed to be Russian bots and telling each other on emails and internal communications, this thing is total crap. These aren't Russian accounts. These aren't Russian accounts amplifying messages. This is all made up. Twitter knows this. Now, you'd think Yoel Roth, if the man had any human dignity at all, which he doesn't, he knows this is garbage and a lie that's tearing the nation apart. The Russians are working with MAGA people to destroy the Republic. He knows it's fake, but they do nothing. It gets even worse. Not only were they not Russian accounts, they appear to be completely legitimate right-leaning accounts. How do I know that? Because that's what Yoel Roth literally put in the email. He's talking about these Russian accounts that the Hamilton dashboard, quote, falsely accuses. A bunch of legitimate right-leaning accounts of being Russian bots. They're asking how we publicly push back. But I don't think there's anything noteworthy about this hashtag beyond that. How do you publicly push back? You go to the media and tell them this story's garbage. Well, it looks like they tried that off the record. Because they didn't have the balls to do it on the record. But this is how the cabal operates. They always, the cabal accuses you of what they're doing. What's the cabal? Non-governmental organizations, as I referred to before as NGOs, Soros-type groups, getting money from the State Department and elsewhere, lobbyists, media people, politicians, liberals, liberal money people, the CIA, the FBI, 
They are knee deep in a massive misinformation machine where they will do anything to protect their grift. And their grift is evidenced by nothing greater than the Biden scandal. If the Biden scandal goes down, Joe Biden and his kid taking money overseas to influence U.S. policy, they all go down because they're all doing it. So when Trump was going to expose it, I can't say this enough. They had to take him down by accusing you of exactly what they were doing. Creating misinformation for money. Here's how the misinformation machine works. Here's a tweet from Taibbi's Twitter files drop. These Russian accounts, they concluded, are neither strongly Russian nor strongly bots, Twitter concluded. There is no evidence to support the statement that the dashboard is a finger on the pulse of Russian information ops. Hardly illuminating a massive influence operation. Ladies and gentlemen, the receipts are right here. Taibbi's got all the emails attached. Where are these people in the media, you gutless goons, you jellyfish-type snakes? Folks, listen to me. You have been months ahead of the news cycle on this show. I am telling you the single most destructive force right now in this constitutional republic is the freaking filth in our media, openly fabricating fairy tales to shred this piece uh, this place apart and tear it into pieces. These people are disgusting. The evidence is right in front of your face. They all knew. Twitter knew. Hamilton 68 must have known. The people involved must have known. And they sold themselves out. They sold themselves out in order to keep their grift going overseas. And they let their names all be used. I want you to look at this media compilation. You may say, Dan, that's hard to read. That's the point. Taibbi couldn't even fit them all on one screen. Look at these disgusting, filth, human waste outlets. Mother Jones, the Daily Yeast and elsewhere, Newsweek. Filth outlets, filth, garbage, disgusting outlets. Propagating the story of Russian bots and anytime they didn't, they didn't like the walk away movement, the Brandon Straka thing, Russian bots. They didn't like the Dan Bongino's account, Russian bots. They didn't like Dennis Lynch's account, Russian bots. And media goons, degenerate losers. And folks, if you're offended by the language, let me warn you, it's not even strong enough. I want to say worse, but I can't go unfiltered that way because there are probably kids listening. You're looking at the most disgusting scandal in United States history, a massive media misinformation machine working with the cabal to protect people like Biden and international influence peddling and the cabal. They are defending themselves. Now, Twitter, Yoel Roth, gutless loser, instead of going public and saying, hey, this whole uh, allegation that conservatives are Russian bots and all that stuff, it's really fake. They didn't have the balls to do it. So they tried to speak to reporters off the record, again, because they had no guts to do it publicly. And listen to this. You want to see the human filth our media is? Filth. Human filth. Like dogs. One of the Twitter people notes, hey, you know, we tried to speak to reporters off the record. And reporters are chafing. It's like shouting into a void. They're telling the reporters this is all a lie. A lie tearing the country apart. Russians are everywhere, infiltrating the Republican Party. They're telling them it's a lie. And reporters don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Because there's sellout, hacks, and human garbage. Now, a real reporter, Glenn Greenwald, who, by the way, is not a conservative. A real reporter sounded the alarm on this five years ago in 2018. He sounded the alarm on Tucker Carlson's show, proving my point again. If you're listening to this show, Tucker, and other good quality shows out there, you're at least probably five years, maybe more, ahead of the information stream. Greenwald warned everyone about Hamilton 68 and what they were up to. And of course, Greenwald was called what, Joe? A Russian agent! <laughs> for You see how that works? Expose people with a fake Russian agent scandal, and you're in fact a Russian agent. Gosh, so weird how that happens. So, hat tip Grandma Eileen used to say, as I says, as I says, you listen to the right media outlets, people on the right who will tell you the truth. 
and you would have known the truth years ago. Here's Glenn Greenwald exposing this operation and the media goons back in 2018 on Tucker. Check this out. It's essentially a group um, that was, as you said, started by people like Bill Kristol, people who um, have been leading neocons from both political parties, CIA officials, the people who basically have been disseminating disinformation throughout the entire war on terror, the least reliable, most warmongering people in Washington. And they said that their purpose of their group was to combat uh, disinformation and the attack on American democracy by Russia and other groups. Um, um, and their main kind of feature was that they would have this dashboard called Hamilton 68 that purported to track the activity of Russian influencers on Twitter by tracking 600 accounts. Nobody knows which accounts they've designated as influencer of, uh, of Russia. Um, they're not necessarily Russian. They're just people who, in the eyes of Bill Crystal and his friends, are people who espouse Russia or pro-Russia themes, and they just constantly make claims about what Russia is doing on Twitter that the U.S. media, in the most shocking way, uncritically ingests and puts into their headlines as fact about what, what, what Russia is doing. That was years ago. And of course, Greenwald is tarred and feathered as a Russian agent. I mean, this, this stupidity is genuinely astonishing. Um, but let me just rewind the tape. It's not stupidity. You have to understand, these media folks and these cabal people and these Hamilton 68 people are actual agents of disinformation openly seeking to destroy the republic. There's no, this is not an accident. They knew damn well they were lying about this Russian bot scandal, and they did it anyway. And who do they use? More filth like Adam Schiff. Remember the disinformation machine, Clint Watts, up at that Senate hearing talking about the Trump campaign and its relationship to Russia, tied to Russia? Well, one of the angles they always use is they use this Paul Manafort angle. Now, I'm going to debunk this, not for the last time. I wish it was for the last time, but it'll come up again. Because if, if we had an informed, honest media, we do not. The angle that they're using to connect Trump to Russia is through his campaign manager, Manafort, who did have some dealings, that's a fact, with a guy by the name of Konstantin Kalimnik. They want you to believe Kalimnik is some kind of high-level Russian operative. And if you're saying, Dan, if Manafort met with him, then clearly there's a Trump tie to Russia. Media people don't know squat about this case. Watch how they let Adam Schiff, this is his past weekend, we already know there is zero evidence Trump colluded with Russia to steal an election. We know that. Watch Schiff totally mischaracterize the Mueller report because he's a lying piece of human filth, this disgusting human being. And watch him parrot the exact same talking point. And the CNN host, of course, has no information to refute it because she doesn't want to refute it. Watch him parrot the Kalimnik. He's, when he talks about a Russian asset in Manafort, he's talking about Kalimnik. Take a listen. You said that there was direct evidence of the fact that Donald Trump colluded with Russia back in 2016. Special counsel Robert Mueller said in his report, quote, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government. Republicans argue that's proof that you used your position on the Intelligence Committee to intentionally mislead Americans, which is why you should not be on that committee. If you read the Mueller report, uh, he makes clear, uh, even in the first few pages of the report, that he states no conclusion on whether Donald Trump and his campaign colluded with the Russians. But what he does reveal in his report, what we found in our investigation, is that Donald Trump's campaign manager was sharing internal campaign polling data and their strategy for key battleground states with an agent of Russian intelligence, while that same unit of Russian intelligence was helping the Trump campaign. Notice what he does here again. He takes a specific set of unrelated facts and claims it's evidence. I gave you the analogy before. Joe lives in Maryland. There has been a bank robbed in Maryland last year. Those are facts. You notice how he confuses facts with evidence. Joe has nothing to do with the bank robbery. But if you're stupid and you're in the media, you're like, oh, my gosh, Joe, bank robbery. He's such a nice guy in the Dan Bongino show. <laughs> notice how the dunce at CNN doesn't ask any questions about this alleged Russian agent because that sounds serious. And notice how the stupid CNN audience is like, Adam Schiff, man, he's onto something. 
Trump's campaign manager talking to a Russian. Oh, my gosh, a Russian agent. Here, here's the Daily Beast. Yeah, the same Daily Yeast part of that compilation before of media idiots openly promoting agitprop like good Soviets. Here they are, Dan Ladin Hall. They'll never retract this, by the way. Manafort owns up the passing campaign data, the suspected Russian agent. Oh, my gosh. He publicly admitted giving polling data to Konstantin Kalimnik, a suspected, a suspected Russian asset. I've only debunked this a thousand times, uh, which that part's true, by the way. So let's just establish media and journalistic principles here because we do actual reporting here. So Paul Manafort is dealing with this guy, Konstantin Kalimnik, who Adam Schiff is claiming is some big time Russian agent getting ready to steal an election. Wow. You know what's really fascinating, fellas? The Obama State Department was dealing with the same guy. What, were they, the, Weird. What, were they stealing yeah. an election too? Oh. John Sump, by the way, please read these pieces. They're in my newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please take this screenshot for your leftist friends who are probably imbeciles and say, oh, so Kalimnik was a Russian agent looking to steal elections? Well, why doesn't the report state the Mueller report that Kalimnik was, quote, a sensitive intelligence source for the State Department going back to at least 2013. Who was the president in 2013? Gee, do you know? Pop quiz. It was Barack Obama. Oh. Joey, can you double check that? It was Barack Obama, right? 13? Yeah. yeah. 2013, yeah. Joe's doing some math. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, cool. I can triple check it. Okay, we're good. We're yeah, good. guys. So Kalimnik, the same alleged Russian agent, was an Obama administration source? So strange. They know Kalimnik wasn't even just some run-of-the-mill source. He interacted with the chief political officer at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. You know, the same one coordinating the takedown of Donald Trump, where Joe Biden's son was working for money. Sometimes meeting several times a week to provide information on the Ukrainian government. He even relayed messages back to Ukraine's leaders and, hand and delivered written reports to U.S. officials via emails that stretched on for thousands of words. So again, Adam Schiff, who is a lying piece of human filth and a dopey media person who knows nothing, keeps saying that Paul Manafort was dealing with this Russian agent who ironically was an Obama administration source. Do your freaking homework in the media. Are you this stupid all the time? You can read the memos yourself. So if Paul Manafort is in fact an agent of Russia through Kalimnik, then so is Barack Obama's State Department. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.